Every Stearns & Foster mattress is handcrafted with the finest materials for irresistible comfort every single night. Now, save up to $800 on select adjustable mattress sets only at StearnsAndFoster.com. Lesser savings may apply. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Whether you're looking for a good Korean skincare or affordable and trendy jewelry, they've got you covered. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Hey, y'all, and welcome to Trials to Triumphs. I'm Ashley Blaine Featherson Jenkins, but you can call me ABFJ. This week, I was blessed to talk to a real inspiration of mine, the founder of Curlbox, Mylik Teal. We talked about many things, but one thing that stuck with me is the true value of perspective, how we gain it, and what we can learn from it. Y'all, Mylik really gets it. I've been following her journey for over a decade now, and one thing about Mylik is that she is bold. As Black women, we live in a world that at times boxes us in, expects us to conform, and doesn't always praise the trailblazers among us. For Mylik, learning how to be bold comes from learning how to accept her losses. Even if you are being rejected in the moment, I feel like there are two things we need to learn how to do. Number one, we need to learn how to sit with that discomfort. And number two, we need to learn how to lose. Y'all don't know how to lose out here. Mm. Because somebody rejects you, you get an attitude, you um, you block them, you unfollow, you don't respond, you don't, you don't say anything. And I feel like being a really good loser is how opportunities have found me. And that's not to say that accepting rejection doesn't take some time or reflection. Her childhood, her hustle to become a business owner, and now being a mother have given Mylik the grace to learn from all of her experiences. I'm not going to be miserable, you know? If I and I alone am going to have to live this life, I'm going to try to find as much joy in it as possible. And in our Sankofa moment, Mylik recruits an unlikely historical figure for some inspiration some parts of my life when I was really like looking for when I was really looking for like motivation to stick with it I would like mm. look for like who can say who can say things to like really like lift me up for me because so okay let me take you back i moved to los angeles in 2010 in february 1st 2010 and okay i feel like i I was in such a creative space at that time in my life i was 22 had just moved to la you know was like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and i was also in a very entrepreneurial and creative space and you came along with curlbox the year the next year i had also been 
I don't know, maybe by 2010, I was like four or five years into my natural hair journey. So it really was just a comforting time to know that this beautiful, smart, entrepreneurial Black woman created something which at the time really felt like it was just for me. Because that's the thing about subscription boxes. It came to me. It felt like me. It was... um, It also was a time when I was just so broke and it felt like spending my money on this was a really good investment. And I really got something from it. I was supporting a Black business. And so I just want to say, I'm so happy that we're here talking and, you know, kind of going to get to know each other. But I want to say thank you because you truly have inspired me in so, so many ways. Wow. Thank you so much. It's that, you know, I started this, I'm from LA and I started, I just moved to Atlanta and I started this hoping that this is how it would make people feel because I saw all of the like different subscription boxes coming, pets, this person, that person. And I'm like, no one's going to think about us. No one's going to think about us when they should be thinking about us because we are constantly having to try products for our hair and we need this more than anyone. And so I am grateful to to have been able to do this for a decade, which is kind of crazy. Um, and to know, I mean, I know that at this point we have probably shipped hundreds of thousands, if not millions of boxes. And you never know who they're going to. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, I know people are buying them, but I <laughs> don't know who. And so to know that people or someone felt what I hoped they would feel is is awesome. Yeah, no, you're amazing. And honestly, what I've observed over the past decade, girl, you just keep getting better. So you've said yourself that you're a serial entrepreneur. So I want to know, what's the yeah. worst job you've ever had and why? <laughs> I prob- It will probably be this job that I had for, I don't even know if it was 24 hours. <laughs> I got a job... <laughs> I had just graduated college, living with my mom, and I got a job for a makeup company that will remain nameless. <laughs> but the job was to go into various drugstores and literally do inventory. And I remember just kind of like being on the floor, like kind of like sitting, trying to count like eyeliners. <laughs> I remember just being like, this is not, it's going to be a no for me. I'm going to have to, it's going to be day. <laughs> It's going to be no more. Sorry, guys. And so I remember, I'm, I'm like, I, I couldn't even, it was like my first day. And I remember just like sitting on the floor and starting to like count eye pencils. And like, girl, you know. <laughs> it's funny. I had a similar job. And I too was like, yeah. Lord, if you can get me out of here, then I know right. you can do anything. I know you can do anything. Truly. And that really was like... That job, I graduated college and I went online and I was just like looking for anything. And that job really was like the catalyst for me of like, it is going to be really important that you find something that you don't mind showing up to. Doesn't mean that it's not going to be hard, but you need to find something that you're going to want to show up to. And that is when I started, like I was watching television. The next job that I got after that, I was watching TV and it was like, find out what Beyonce is getting in her Grammy gift bag. And it was the company that used to make Mm. you all the like gift lounges. And that was actually my first job. I wrote them an email like, hey, I want to come work for you. (laughs) And that was how I kind of just got out of not being intentional about the work in my life. You know, that was just like, girl, if if I'm going to have to work for the rest of my life, you need to be really intentional about what you're going to do. Ooh, I love that. Well, you know what it makes me think about when you were saying that, 
you writing the email, I'm like, ooh, that was bold. It's almost like we need to uh, reimagine what bold means in today's society. Yeah. I think, you know, oftentimes yeah. when people say someone's being bold, it's like, ooh, you being you being real bold. Like, it's like it's a bad thing. It's like, mm, right. you're going a little too far. But the truth is, like, bold yields results, though. Right? Like, Complete. So talk to me about steps yeah. you've taken at times in your life where you've just really been bold and where it got you. A part of, like, my journey into all of the things is that you're going to have to take some risks. Mm-hmm. And so I will say that I I had this, the summer before I graduated, I wanted to work in New York so bad. And so I applied to all these different companies that I wanted to work for. And, you know, I literally, I stayed home over the Thanksgiving holiday writing in the computer lab. That's how old I am. <laughs> writing letters. Like, yeah, when you were like 22 and 2010, I'm like, you know, so I'm writing letters about like, I really want to work at your company. And I just think being bold in the sense of like, I don't know what jobs you guys are offering, but I'm my league and I want to work with you this summer. And I would say that I wrote, let's just say roughly 10 letters. And I got about three or four calls back. And then one, like the, there was one internship that was paid, but the paid internship that paid for, it was paid and it covered the rent. They were like, we're going to, house you and pay you and get you a job. Mm. And they were like, and I don't know if this is bold or if this is cutting up, but it was like, but you need to have this kind of GPA. And I was like, well, had I not had kind of like a depressive episode last semester, this would have been how I would have done, you know, and just being bold enough to not back down because I didn't qualify, you know? And I think so often when we don't qualify, we quit. And it's just like, I'm not quitting. Like, I'm going to keep it pushing. And so I ended up getting the internship. Um, And that's kind of just been my way is that, like, I don't know. I always kind of feel like I can do this, you know? I can do this. And even if I don't have what you say I need, I know I am the person. And so I I have always maybe probably been a little bit bold in that way. And I, I think because it's like, what's the worst you're going to tell me? No? Yeah. <laughs> it's already, I already don't have it. It's already not happening. So I think that I have just really learned to sit in that discomfort knowing it's going to pass of like, you're going to throw something out. You may not get the response or reaction that you want or need, and you can handle, Mm. you can handle this discomfort. And even if you can't, expose yourself to it, sit with it. And I don't know, I feel like, let's just say for every five times I've done something and been rejected, at least two out of those five times, somebody circles back with a different opportunity. Because the crazy thing was that internship that I had applied to was for Essence Magazine. Mm-hmm. So they called to say, we don't have any internships, but we loved your application. We actually found you an internship at a job that pays and we don't pay. So I'm always just like, Come you know on. what? Yes. Even if you are being rejected in the moment, I feel like there are two things we need to learn how to do. Number one, we need to learn how to sit with that discomfort. And number two, we need to learn how to lose. Y'all don't know how to lose out here. Mm. Because... Somebody rejects you, you get an attitude, you um, you block them, you unfollow, you don't respond, you don't you don't say anything. And I feel like being a really good loser is how opportunities have found me. I'm gonna get a W at some point. I don't know when it's gonna come. At some point. But it's gotta yes. come. 
What kind of fun is waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at King's Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season. King's Island is now open weekends. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. <laughs> so, Malik, take me back yes. to your early days in Los Angeles, California. Uh, what? Yes. What part of LA is always with you? Or mm. what part of Inglewood is always with you? You know, I would probably, there's just such a boldness. I feel. Bold. I mean, it's coming I up again. Bold. Yeah. Yeah. Boldness in just the, the different, the, the, the young girls that I grew up with, you know, it's like I grew up in an apartment on the block and just like the way the girls, I feel, I was so inspired and encouraged. I went to p- private school, but just, I love the way the girls showed up. It's like always going to the swap meet, hair, nails, <laughs> always done, lip gloss, always popping. Like it's just this presence, this showing up that LA girls just do. Nobody does braids better than girls in LA. Nobody can still press better than the girls in LA. Mm, like mm. it's just this, this, and I don't know. I think it's like, I have a beauty company. It's just, I love the way like sort of like black beauty happens in LA. Mm. That is, yeah, actually I would have to agree. I would have to agree. Yeah. There, there is a, there is a, there is a cultural, a black girl cultural vibe in in yes. in Los Angeles, especially in like Lamert Park, Inglewood. You know those yes. that part of of the city, and it and it is healthy, and it's really strong, and it's very vibrant. So I love that you that yeah. you you say bold. There's a boldness. Because I would agree. I love my LA girls. I mean, I feel like I'm half an LA girl now, too. I've been here for almost 13 years. So it's been... Yeah. And I feel like I grew You're up here. Her. You know, I was young when I first moved here. So yeah. I, too, love Los Angeles. Who would you yes. say, Mylique, had the biggest impact on you as a child? And what was your childhood like? I would say the person who had the biggest impact on my life would be my godmother. So my mom's aunt, my mom was 23 years old when she had me. And, you know, at that time I was her second child, married at 18, first child at 19, second child at 23, young people working in LA from like South Central and Watts, my parents were from. And then we moved to Inglewood when I was around three. And so, I mean, my childhood, I think, was like a classic Black, you know, middle class for what it's worth, maybe lower middle class, you know, growing up. Um, I was always I gifted, so I always sort of got access to some of the better programs, you know, and so exposed to different things. And I do think that the access and the exposure is what sort of like catapulted me 
out of, you know, where I grew up. And my godmother, who was my mother's aunt, never had any children. She was 60 years old Mm. when I was born. And she treated me like I was the most special human being on the planet at all times. And so while that wasn't my experience in my home, whenever I would go visit her and she would just come pick me up, she would pick me up from school. She would just, you know, have small talks with me, anything that I wanted to do. It's like she, she preserved my access to my desires, you know? Mm. And so if I, if I wanted to cook something, you know, where your mom like, we ain't cooking that, we ain't buying that. She would be like, what do you want to cook? Like, what do you want to go get? You know, what do you want to, let's, let's go do it. And so I do think that having her in my life and her preserving my access to my desires, um, she passed away when I was 20, I think 23 or 24, 23. And then my godfather, her husband passed away when I was 25. And the two of them left me an inheritance wow. over for 10 years. So they they wanted it spread out over 10 years. And so from 25 to 35, I received, you know, a small inheritance from them, which was helpful. I started Curlbox, you know, I was in the last few years of my inheritance and I used my inheritance to buy my first set of boxes. And so wow. even in the afterlife, they, she served me, you know, and I, and I owe so much to her. Wow. 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 Uh-huh. Let me ask you this. Why did your parents ever tell you why they named her to be your, your godmother? Or was it just because she didn't have children? Did they ever tell you why? They did. My mom says she, she asked mm. and almost demanded. So my mom was in a crunch, 23 years old, needed a sitter. She had to get back to work. She called her aunt with no children who was retired at that time. Hey, can you watch my leak? She's like, of course. So my mom said she kept you for one week. And then she said, bring her back. And she, my mom said, I brought you, I took you back every week. And I think like within, I think by the time I was a year, I, she was like, had me christened or had me baptized and was like, she did a full on, her and my godfather did a full on ceremony. She's our godchild. Wow. And my mom was like, you know what? She said, it was fine. I had, they wanted to do it and I let them. Wow. So she chose you. She chose me. Oh. She chose me. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's taking me out. Oh my goodness. Wow. Wow. How beautiful to have somebody. I think the thing is that it doesn't really matter who it is. Does it have to be your biological mom? Does it have to be your biological father? Just to have someone who Mm -hmm. loves you and wants to do everything they can to give you the life that they know you deserve. That is just... That's it. Wow. That's it. And they were that way... Until their death, like until the end, and after, like in college, and after, and after, and after. Mm. Because when I got that internship that I told you about in New York, someone had to pay my rent back in San Francisco, and San Francisco has been expensive from the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. So I told them about the internship that I was so excited to get. Like it's paid, and they're paying my rent in New York, but I need a place to come back to. They paid my rent in San Francisco so that I could go and do the internship. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. 
Wow. Yeah. May God just, that's yeah. just such a blessing. Wow. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing. How do you, yeah. so Miley, you're a mom of two and I am. your kids are so cute. Obsessed, obsessed, obsessed. It's so crazy. Thank I feel you. like I, cause again, I feel like I've just been along your journey the whole time. So I, it's like, I feel like yeah. I remember when you were pregnant with your yeah. son. It's, it's so yes. crazy. And your daughter came along and husband. It's just, it's been really, I remember when you moved to Atlanta, like, I just feel like I've just been right behind you. Like, where are we off to next, sis? Like, what's going on? <laughs> but I, so I want to know what has been the greatest lesson from motherhood yeah. and how much are you able to, or not relate to your mother now that you are a mother? Yeah. Oh, those are good questions. Those are good questions. I would say that, you know, one of the biggest lessons I think of becoming a mom is I had done all of this personal work in therapy. By the time I had my son, I had been in therapy for five plus years. And as he entered his toddler stage, you know, as they, you know, coming into himself, he is very, uh, he is, he is very much his own person. He is, he is bold. He is tough. He's smart. He's strong. He's sensitive. He is deeply feeling. And so I was not prepared. I think culturally, um, in black families, you know, black kids, they don't talk back and they don't hit. And I think I was just convinced that this was like a white thing. And so when my son was like doing all of the things that I vowed my child would never do, I would never have a child. I would never have a child that would like hit, kick, you know, what did he tell me? I frustrate him, you know, I'm, I'm the worst, you know, he young. And I think the biggest lesson was that we think that Parenting is something that's supposed to come naturally to us, and it doesn't, and it's not. And without guidance, you parent how you were parented, even if you don't like, even if you don't like the way you were parented. Mm. You will slip into, you'll look up, and you'll be saying things that were said to you that you didn't like. And so that was like kind of like my aha, like my my full stop of just like, I am going to have to learn how to parent to preserve all of the things that I want for my child, you know, access to his desires, preserve his character. Because I understand that he is, at the time, you know, he's three, four years old and he has to develop, you know? And so shooting him down and breaking him down so early is is not it. So as it relates to like how much I can relate to my mom, I think I now realize that I am 43 with a one-year-old. My mom was 23 Mm. with a four-year-old. You know, I've got 20 years of life maturity and experience on her. And so in a lot of ways, I'm able to forgive her for what she didn't know. Um, Mm. And I'm able to really see why things kind of went down the way that they did, you know? Mm. And perspective. Like, perspective is everything. Like, it's... It's everything. I love all the experiences that I have when I'm able to look back and say, wow, Ashley, you have a different perspective on this now than you did when you were 25, 10 years ago, than you have now. Then I can check that and say, 
okay, Ashley, we're growing. Let's figure out what else we can gain perspective on. And I just love that you're saying, like, your mom, she just didn't know. She just didn't know. She just didn't know. What could she... She didn't know. You can't... You can't do what you don't know. Like, it's it's impossible. Like, everybody's trying to figure it out. We have to give one another grace. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say... I'm okay. When the truth is... I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say... Hang it in there. Because... If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. You said this, and I really, really loved it. You said, your top three tips for life, stay open, stay curious, Creativity has gotten yes. me out of my most stressful moments. I love this. Yes. You say, edit your life. Your life doesn't yes. have to stay the same. And then you say, no. life is a long game. The gift of pause. So I kind of want to dig into these because I thought these were absolutely brilliant. And these are all things that we should walk with and carry with, carry with us in life. And yes, talk to me about how creativity has gotten you out of some of your most stressful moments and what that looked like for you. You know, I ha- I remember calling my dad being in my early 20s, living alone here in Atlanta, height of the recession. You know, I was living with a guy that I was dating and like we broke up and I was just basically broke. And I remember a conversation with my dad where he goes, well, now it's time to get creative. And I took that and I loved it because it was like, we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to sit here and what was me for too much longer. Now it's time for you to figure out what you're going to do and how you're going to make it. And so that is when it's like, I started, you know, some of the things that I started doing to survive is that I remember just returning all the stuff that I had bought and wasn't using. So it was like, I just returned all this stuff and it was like, okay, there's my rent. And then after that, I, you know, there have been times I went on to a particular website that does like where you can do babysitting, dog walking, all of this. And I put an ad up on there. Like basically I can do a lot of things. And I ended up getting a call from one of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. um, (laughs) I was like, I think this is Kim. And I got a call from her and I went out to her house and I helped her out for almost a year. And then I was on the show. And then from the show, people were like, I didn't know you were in Atlanta. And then I ended up getting a bunch of different side gigs. And from there, I had to start a company. And so I think that when we start to get creative, you know, creativity, not, it's like, okay, what can I do? How can I do something different? You know, I can, I can dog walk. I can babysit. I can, I can do all these things um, and not let my ego get in the way. Uh, Because like you said, you were saying when we first started this, like, you know, we've seen you on this roller coaster and it seems like you're just going up and up and up. Sometimes you hit a situation where it's like, oh gosh, you know, if people see me on TV being someone's assistant, that is not up. But it's like, it is an opportunity. And it led me, like, I kept going. And so I remember feeling like, oh, what if what if people see me and they, they you know, I'm not, it doesn't look chic. And it's like, it's like, everybody doesn't know the game you're playing. 
because we talked about the long game. Mm-hmm. Everybody doesn't know the game you're playing. And so I knew by being new to the city and working for her, something was going to come out of it. Well, yeah, because, you know, it's about humility. I think that's that's the missing piece. You can, for, for mm-hmm. a lot of people in their pursuit of whatever success means to them, right? It's that there's going to come a time or many times where you're going to have to humble yourself and do something that you know that you're beyond. You are either mm-hmm. overly qualified, you're getting paid way yes. less than what you're, nor- you're used to getting paid. It's something that to yep. you might seem demeaning, but it's a means to an end if you decide that yes. it is. That's on you to decide. If you yes. decide to stay there and just succumb to something that you know is beneath you, then that's what it will be. But if you plan it out and right. say, listen, I have to get this money though. And this is the these are the only people that called me back. So who am I to say no to this job when I didn't have a job and I was asking God for a job? One came. Here it is. Right? Here it is. <laughs> Here it is. Like so so I got to dig more into edit your life. Your life doesn't have to stay the same. I think no. I mean, you are so spot on about that. It's like, I hate that our society doesn't support the pivot. It doesn't support the edit your life. It's okay. You can have success in multiple arenas. So how did you adopt that thinking for yourself? I think being raised in an environment where like neither of my parents lived that life. It was like, we decide something at like 20 and we stick with it forever. And I was like, I mean, I went into a job and I knew inside of like two hours that it wasn't for me. (laughs) And I'm just like, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be miserable. You know, I was like, if I'm going to have to, if I and I alone am going to have to live this life, I'm going to try to find as much joy in it as possible. And so, you know, I mean, even today, it's like I was doing one thing and then I was doing Curlbox. And like, even now that I'm doing Curlbox, it's like, then I started speaking and then I hosted an event. And it's just like, well, who is she to do all these things? And it's like, these are the things that I want to do. Like, I get to do what I want. And so, I mean, now I even do some parenting stuff because it's like all the stuff that I've learned with my child, I really am like wanting to share this with other moms. And so I know I'm, and I know, I know that I'll go on and do something else. Like I want to open a natural wine shop somewhere near the beach. Like I just, I just want to do other things. Mm. Um, And I hope that even just me living my life the way that I do maybe I show people that you don't have to, like you said, you you can pivot, you can do multiple things. You don't have to just do one thing forever. So what would you say to people, Mylique, who want to edit their life right now? They're like, I am in need of a pivot. I want to edit my life. But they have a ton of responsibilities, expenses, and they're a little fearful, what would you say to them? I would recommend starting with inventory. You know, writing down all of the things that you do that you love and all of the things that just don't, that you don't like in your life or about your life at this time. And then I think there are some things like, this is like full transparency. I was having a moment where, 
I felt like everything in my life was working except for the romantic relationship part. Mm-hmm. I was like, how did I figure out how to start a business shipping hair products, <laughs> but I cannot figure out, I can't get past three days. And I think for so many of us, we think that that is something that is not, I don't want to use the word fixable, but that is something that is beyond transformation. And that's not true, you know? And so- I started going to therapy because the way that we, our romantic relationships stem from our childhood. And so I just did that, that childhood work. I learned how to communicate. I found like, I learned how to be honest about what I wanted. And so I think when you think about these things, if there are things that you don't really enjoy or you don't like, um, doing that inventory and then just making a list of like, okay, I'm going to work on this. You know, I'm going, if I don't like the finances, I'm going to educate myself on money. You know, if I don't like, you can, you can change. Mm. Your life can change. Yeah. I think it's, it's just a belief. You have to believe mm-hmm. that what you, and then act. and act and act on it. You can't, because how many people mm-hmm. just sit with belief? Yeah. For years. I think, you know, I believe that for years. Yeah. I believed that I was like worthy of a romantic relationship, but it was like, girl, you can believe all you want. You have not figured it out yet. And so getting that, getting that help, um, changed the game. While you were in therapy, did you ever correlate it to any generational trauma? I mean, I knew, Mm. I mean, what, what led me there was that I remember it was like, Argument with my dad, argument with someone I was dating, and it felt the exact same. That was like a light bulb moment of like, like, this is the same argument. And that is when I, so I I even shared that, like, it was some of my first visits of therapy. And it was like, that's when she introduced me to like repetition compulsion, where we will attempt to like changed the past, like any type of traumatic experiences that I may have had with like my parents or my dad growing up, literally living and acting that out in my real life. Yes. Wow. Like it's a subconscious thing that we do. So you know how people always go, I just attract the same mm. guy. It's like, no, no, no. Choose the same guy unconsciously. You don't realize this. You choose the same person because you're trying to change a story in your past. And once she told me that, I'm like, oh, honey, I'm out here <laughs> working on something that don't nobody even care about. Let me, let me stop. <laughs> wow. Like I'm picking a problem. I'm picking someone to try to fix. And it's like, it's just, you can't, it doesn't, it doesn't work. That's why nothing's working. Well, it's exhausting because we, we literally don't have the ability to do it. it it's, we're incapable mm-hmm. of doing it. So we're wasting you time. You cannot do it. So it's like, you're wasting, you're time, wasting time. You're miserable. You're sad. You're frustrated. You ain't got no energy. You want to sleep all day. Like it just, it's, wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's really good. Yeah. Mylie, what yeah. would you say has been your takeaway from our conversation today? Mm, you are a really dynamic and special person. Mm, thank um, you. I'm taking that away for sure. I have absolutely enjoyed this conversation. I think I can see your commitment for people, your commitment for exposing people to triumph, you know, that like you don't have to stay down. Yeah. Um, 
You don't. You absolutely don't. And I have really enjoyed, I mean, I've done lots of interviews in my life and this is easily one of my favorites. So I thank Aww. you for bringing energy and enthusiasm um, because I can tell that you really care about this. So thank you. Aw, thank you, sis. That means that means so much to me. Um, my takeaway would be to tap into my boldness. There you go. I I just really appreciate you really honing in on it. But more importantly, I realized that my love and admiration for, for you has always been because of that. I think that I've always, what I've been so attracted to in you is that because I have it in myself. And so I'm just so grateful yeah. for this conversation because it's reminding me of my boldness and how to step into it. Mm-hmm. And... You know, just to that point, Mylika, I just want you to know that even when you think that you're not, you're always leading by example. And that is amazing. And I'm just so grateful that now I can say that you're in my orbit. I'm in your orbit. And we just going to keep orbiting together, sis. Okay? Yes, (laughs) I'm here. For sure. I, I just, I thank you so much. And I honor you, yes, Malik. You're you. amazing. You're an amazing dynamic woman. Truly. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I really do. After the credits... The historical figure Mylik turns to for personal development and words to live by. Stay with us. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is produced by LWC Studios for OWN. The show's executive producer is Juleka Lentigua. Its senior editor is Verilyn Williams. Sound designer is Cedric Wilson. Managing producers are Camille Stennis and Paulina Velasco. Assistant producers are Michelle Baker and Shanice Tyndall. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, and we hope you do, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts to ensure you hear the next one. So I love it when you're on your IG and, you know, you're answering questions about career and personal development. You're very transparent with your followers. So I want to know who from history would you want to ask a question? What would it be and why? I don't, this this probably might be really goofy, but it's like one of my favorite sort of aphorists is Winston Churchill, which is like, girl, really? Yes, (laughs) my league. Okay. (laughs) Plot twist, plot twist. (laughs) yes I really like I think in in some parts of my life when I was really like looking for when I was really looking for like motivation to stick with it I would like Mm. look for like who can say who can say things to like really like lift me up and it was something about Winston Churchill that I was like I I was like what's going on here I had this really interesting connection with Winston Churchill, I hope I hope he hasn't done awful things. He probably has because I said that. But like, I probably <laughs> probably terrible. But he's probably also terrible, left us with some of the best words of wisdom of all time. Of the, yeah, hmm. yeah. So I don't even know. I think I would just be like super curious about like in history. I would I would want to sit down and have a cup of coffee with Winston Churchill. Yeah, like, and just you know, just I want to make sure everybody knows Winston Churchill is the former Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. 
which the United Kingdom is a very problematic place. So to your point, he probably was into some problematic stuff, but we gonna keep his quotes though, because the quotes were good. Yeah. And we just gonna right. pray that they were keeping black folks in mind. That's just we gonna pray for the best. Yeah. <laughs> That's this is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.